0: And welcome to Living Stones, a podcast of conversations with the people of Red Mountain Community Church, highlighting the victories and struggles, the snapshots and stories of the people sitting right next to you on Sunday morning. I'm Peter Franson from Spirit Blade Productions, and your fellow seat warmer at Red Mountain Community Church, my co-host today is Bob Fox, who unfortunately was recently demoted from lead pastor to associate pastor, but we're about grace here at this church, so we're not going to dig into all the reasons why that that happened. <laughs> no, actually, actually, for those that like maybe are new to the church, Bob was our founding pastor and uh, the lead pastor of the church for many years, and then helped transition Kyle into the role of lead pastor while he remains on staff doing different things now. What is your day-to-day type of work
1: on staff these days, Bob? It's, uh, it's whatever Kyle wants me to do. That's oh, the bottom the line. That's an so, awkward position.
0: So, I mean, him being your son.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, really. It's a reversal of roles, but uh, I'm ready for that. And um, I want to support him and the elders and Preston and whatever, wherever I'm needed hmm. in terms of the staff functioning. So for the last five months, I've been working a lot manual labor just on the remodel. Oh, okay. Believe it or not. Yeah, just helping coordinate volunteers for that. And, okay. And... Uh, actually do work. So it, it really varies. And that's what I like about it. There's a lot of variety to what I do. Yeah. Everything from manual labor to teaching hmm. and counseling. So
0: so what's like, um, this is a question I've started asking a number of, uh, well, I, I think I've asked all the pastors this question, but I actually want you to answer it twice. The question is, um, what's the most fun or natural part of your job? And also the hardest hardest or most most challenging part. Um, so maybe one that kind of speaks to your strength and your wiring, another that is just difficult or maybe doesn't speak as much, you know, is, isn't part of your strengths as much. And the reason I want you to answer this question twice is because I'd really like to hear your thoughts about these questions from when you were uh, our lead pastor and all, all the years you spent in that role first. And then I want to hear about currently, you know, if that's changed. So let's start with kind of like what you would, what you would describe looking back as the, the most fun or natural part of your job um, and the most challenging part as well when you were lead pastor.
1: Probably the, uh, the hard things where the church needs you to handle a situation that is really difficult. It might be anything from a situation with an employee... To a doctrinal belief but you have to step in and handle it and be the mouthpiece for the leadership in that mm. uh that's the hardest but also the most fulfilling oh really i'm surprised when i got uh got out of the lead role entirely i'm surprised that i didn't miss preaching
2: mm-hmm.
1: i thought i would i did miss those hard things that actually kept me awake at night wow because uh I I don't know why that is. I haven't figured that out. Hmm. But the uh, hard, hard things are what I miss the most. And the things that I thought I would miss, I'm good. Hmm. What did you... Um, kind of
0: bizarre. So now transitioning, that's really interesting that both of those would be found. You know, you're, you're the most uh, fun and enjoyable and the, and the most challenging, difficult would be found in the same thing. Really interesting. Um is, is that true in your new role, or how would you describe, like, what's most fun and playing to your strengths and what's most challenging
1: or, or difficult now? Um, I would say probably, and this has to do with uh, who you become as you age. Like, I've lost a lot of my ability to hear. Okay. And so counseling would be hard for me now. Okay. Uh, and there's parts of that I miss. Um, even group prayer is difficult for me because I can't hear oh. what's being prayed and you don't want to jump in and say something that's dumb. You know? <laughs> uh, so it, for the most part, some of those things that gave me great joy are now I have to be careful about entering into those because hmm. I can create, create a problem. So that, that's a fascinating part. And you don't anticipate those things. Hmm. You don't really anticipate the day when you'll have to uh, be careful about opening your mouth, because you may, be, you may have heard the whole thing wrong.
0: Oh man, yeah. So,
1: so you know, there there are those things. I I would say the part that gives me joy more and more is just serving. Hmm. Just if I can do the job nobody wants to do, if I can take that, make some problem go away. Hmm. That's what I really do enjoy now. Hmm. So I'm I'm typically raising my hand volunteering for the job nobody wants to do. Hmm. Well, I'm sure that's. Really
0: appreciated. Um, yeah. And I I just want to say I really appreciate just the way that you invested in me in uh, various times in my life. Um, I think of when I was in high school and we were still meeting in an Italian restaurant and you didn't have... Uh, an office. I don't think at, there was no. uh, at the at the restaurant. And no. so when I had my weird questions about the Bible and the Witch of Endor and stuff, I, <laughs> I would call you up at home, and you so graciously gave me time and. Uh, and I, I really appreciate that. And then later, when I was on staff, uh, you—I I can't imagine a better person to uh, to have worked for. And uh, those times we would spend meeting each week to prepare for the the contents of the upcoming service—you know—were um, both fulfilling to me from a ministry standpoint and also just uh, encouraging to me and, and building into me in so many ways. Um, I, I miss those. I still miss those, those, those weekly meetings. That was a really, really precious time. So thank you so much for your investment.
1: Well, you were a joy. You were a joy, Peter, as you grew up and your mind is uh, a little warp. But... <laughs> no. No, no you were no You question. were a delight and an exception in a lot of ways. Um, I, I do think that uh, the Lord gives grace that 's what I would testify to you know some of some of this what makes you happy now what gives you joy is really his grace that mm. meets you wherever you 're out hmm. and whoever you 've become so yeah. i 'm curious um,
0: i 've asked this uh, for, to a few pastors now hasn 't gotten around to all of them, um, but I think I want to try if I can so my question for you. If you could have another skill set or talent that you don't currently have and had to choose another career um, that you'd mm. be successful enough to support yourself in, what
1: would, you, what would you choose? Well, that is a hard, hard question. I mean, I, I was fortunate in that I have other skill sets and I, I was able to farm and ranch successfully. And mm-hmm. that's the only other occupation I, I would have any interest in. And I've done it. But it's not about what you
0: would be interested in. It's what you have to choose. You get, oh, you, I have to choose. You get the gift of a skill set you don't currently have, oh. and you have
1: to choose. See, I didn't so hear. So this is not necessi- I didn't hear. <laughs> You're not speaking clearly.
0: This yeah. <laughs> is <laughs> so not necessarily a okay. fantasy you know, okay. type thing.
1: <laughs> I think I would probably uh, want to invest in some way in the agriculture of an underdeveloped country. Oh, interesting. Because uh, I think that that creates avenues for the gospel. Yeah. And it creates, in fact, tremendous avenues. So I think that's, that's one thing I'd be really interested in okay. if I could do that. Cool. And if especially if there was strong funding, it could actually make quite a difference. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. You know, when you travel to other parts of the world, they're, they're, uh, they're working hard, a lot of the the men in agriculture, but they just don't have the understanding they need and the capital they need Mm. to to make their uh, land productive and to make hunger go away.
0: Yeah. You know, speaking of agriculture, a lot of people put trees in their homes during Christmas and they put lights on those trees. And we do some things with lights here at this church. And as a matter of fact, did you all like that transition? I'm feeling pretty good about that. I'm pretty, okay. Uh, earlier today, Bob and I spent some time talking with Jeff Pitzer, who became connected at Red Mountain in an interesting way that was actually an answer to prayer from our founding pastor, Bob Fox. Here's that conversation now. Jeff Pitzer? Yes, Is, am I saying that right, Pitzer? Yes, you are. All right. I asked Bob, but I, you never know when he's lying to you, so I thought I should <laughs> well, double-check with Well, truth be you.
2: told, I heard the previous uh, podcast, and it was Jeff, P- 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 and I heard, I think it was uh, either Jessica or Aaron, uh there he is going, Pitt sir. Okay, there we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he butchered it the first time.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm really good at that. You can always count <laughs> on me to butcher people's names. Um, well, thank you for doing this. I, I know almost nothing about this story, but I know enough that I'm really curious about it. So I'm looking forward to kind of hearing from both you and Bob uh, about uh, about this. First, how long have you been attending Red Mountain? Since 2011. Okay, all right. And you uh, was that a Around the time that you'd moved here, then shortly after you moved here, or no? No, we moved here in two thousand
2: and five. Oh, okay. All right. Where did you move here from? Um, Florida. Oh, okay. One of the many stops. Okay. But uh, yeah. yeah, go ahead, Bob. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> One of my, I'm, um, uh, my my father's retired military. Okay. And so I moved. I. I I want to say 16 times before I was 17 years old. Wow. I went to three different high schools, one in Louisiana, hence the accent. Okay. Um, one in outside of Washington, D.C., and finished up in Florida.
0: Okay. All right. And how would you describe, like, b- um, before coming to Red Mountain, just generally your uh, involvement with church or churches and your thoughts about God, you know, where kind of where were you at uh, before coming to Red Mountain?
2: Uh, very little. Okay. Truth be told. Um, not, and and Bob said this the best, it's not an excuse that I moved around. It's kind of hard to, to, to plant roots when you're there eight ten months. Yeah. I remember, you know, I remember unpacking at times and my mom said, don't unpack that box. We're not going to be here that long. Oh, wow. You know, so it's, it's, it's hard to, to establish some roots. Um, Having said that, it's, uh, it's not an excuse. I think it's more of an explanation as mm-hmm. to why we really didn't involve, you know, get involved in church. Um, I did ask my dad, this was right after my son was born in 2008. And I said, if you could, you know, I'm the youngest of three boys. So okay. if you can do anything, if you can change anything, what would you change? He said, I, I wish you'd have known the Lord. Mm. Um, having said that, now my father, his father passed away when he was a teenager, so he was angry. Oh, okay. He was angry, and he, he was very involved in church. You know, he sang in the church choir, and my, me and my grandmother, and my, and my aunt, and everything. But he was that teenage, probably rebellious a little bit, and angry at the Lord. Okay. And um, he said, that's not an excuse, but um, I really wish you would learn, you, you know, to follow, know and follow the Lord. Mm. So I kept that in the back of my head, my mind, you know, when Chase was born. So uh, very little involvement with uh, the churches prior prior to Red Mountain.
0: Okay. So then before coming to Red Mountain, uh, correct me if I got this wrong, but before coming to Red Mountain, you met someone at Home Depot who did attend the church. What can you tell me about just your interaction, your time with them?
2: I did. You know, it was an interesting story. Um, We had an issue with the drip system. Now in Florida, of course, you know, we have rain. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and, and not drip system yeah, so there yeah. was an issue with the drip system and i went to home depot and i probably i had a perplexed look on my face face probably pitiful look on my face <laughs> when i was looking at all of these little drip system uh gadgets and he approached me this gentleman by the name of jeff at the time and you know, and, and we just struck up a conversation. I said, you know, I'm relatively new here from Florida, and uh, my drip system is not dripping. Okay. So, uh, so his name was Jeff, too. His name was Jeff. Okay. Yeah, his name was Jeff. And he was just humble. He was humble. He was, he was real. And, mm. and we just struck up a conversation. He said, hey, give it a shot. If you can't, if, you know, if, if you can't fix your drip, drip system, here's my business card. Go ahead and give me a call. Well, obviously, one of the reasons why I'm here is I obviously did not fix my drip system <laughs> and um, called him a couple weeks later. And he, he came out and I'm one of those inquisitive. I, I don't want to pay someone just to do the work. I'm going to also help out when and if I can and learn. Mm. And he was there uh, for a few hours working on the drip system. And again, just a, a humble, real, genuine guy. And, mm. and just got to know a little bit about him. And near the end, he asked me, he says, you know, do you, do you go to church? And I said, no. I said, you know, I believe in Jesus, but I, I don't go to church. It's just my wife and I. This was right around 2006. Okay. I said, you know, I certainly believe in, in Jesus, but uh, I don't follow him. And I told him the story about, you know, being a, a military brat, yeah. moving around often. And he says, well, I tell you what, if if you're ever interested, have an amazing church just right outside your neighborhood, you know, with an amazing pastor. And he mentioned Bob, amazing staff, amazing, it's just, you know, it's just, it's a really good church. Hmm. He said, so if you're, if you're ever interested, you know, I would certainly love to welcome you there and, and, you know, please, you know, take me up on that offer. And, and uh, that never left me. I just, Hmm. I, you know, just the kindness, he was so kind and and uh and again just I can't say it enough he was very genuine hmm. and very humble okay you you know him much better than I do bob and then that was that
0: was it for your interaction with Jeff.
2: That was it. That was 2006. Okay.
0: And, but now, Bob, you knew Jeff very well. What was his last name? Frolander. Frolander. Jeff Frolander. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So yeah. you knew the family. Yes. For some reason, I had uh, B written down as like the, his, la- his, the, his last initial. But uh, yes, I totally remember Jeff. Um, so tell me a little about his involvement in uh, your life and in the
1: church. Jeff. Uh, Jeff first came to the church, I believe, ninety-two or ninety-three. Him and his family, his uh, his brother-in-law, his wife's brother came, and his wife's dad came. So at that point in time, it was a huge influx into our church. And the yeah. thing I noticed about them is they were they were very willing immediately. Uh, who, who's doing the bulletin? Well, I can do that. Angel, Angel was his wife said. Mm-hmm. And they were just very involved in the church and do anything. And then as we began moving toward a building and once we got a facility, Jeff was just really involved in uh, anything we needed done Hmm. on the grounds or facility. And then when we started decorating for Christmas, he was always alongside me Hmm. doing whatever I needed done During during the Christmas season, but also during the whole off season, helping get in all the electrical lines and everything else, just... An immense involvement on his part. Yeah. Yeah. And so they were super involved in the church uh, all that time. So, but then he
0: uh, got cancer and um, passed away from cancer. And so you, and you knew, Jeff, you'd been, you know, doing ministry uh, with him for a while now. So, I mean, I can only imagine just like the, just all that comes with dealing with that kind of loss. And then also in the, in the wake of that, kind of on top of that, there was this other problem that you now faced after Jeff's passing. Um, what, and that was
1: what? Yeah, who's going to help me, God? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember praying that very distinctly. Lord, who's going to help me? Because Jeff's, Jeff's involvement had been so huge, I just couldn't imagine going on and doing the things I was doing, because at that time the ministry was demanding more and more time. And mm. I couldn't imagine doing it. I I should tell you too, I think now is appropriate is, uh, right after Jeff, Jeff Frolander and I used to meet every week at Bagel Lodge for coffee. Oh, okay. And one, one morning he came shortly after the meeting with this Jeff. Oh. And he told me, he said, I met a guy at Home Depot and I talked to him and helped him with his drip system and I invited him to church. He says, just the greatest guy. He says, you got to watch for him because he's just a great guy. Mm. And, uh, so so Jeff had given me an accounting of this this meeting he had, and was pretty oh. excited about it because he he liked this Jeff, and uh, so that was just fascinating. Yeah. So yeah, Jeff Jeff contracted pancreatic cancer, and uh, it was a tough one. And I I was we met as long as we could, as long as his health would allow it, and I, I did his funeral service and the whole thing. But I was left in the wake of that with God. What am I going to do? Yeah. What am I going to do? The loss was just huge. Yeah. For me, on, on a friendship level and on a mm. camaraderie level, but also on just work. A lot yeah. Of work.
0: And you know, regarding that work, just to give listeners a little bit of context, you know, if you're not as familiar with the uh, the lights ministry of the church, you know, um, you know, in one sense we can say, you know, lights are just lights. You know, Jesus didn't tell us to string up lights or even to celebrate His birthday, but at Red Mountain, these lights are not just lights. They're very purposeful in their design, in the symbolism that's intended. I mean, I remember years ago when we first, you know, recorded the, the narration for it, just seeing your writing about the thought that went into all these and what these different sculptures and scenes mean. Um, and then on top of that, they're just, a un- they're unique sculptures. And so they're kind of a unique attraction during the Christmas season that brings a lot of people onto the campus who we will then hear years later have have become regular attenders at the church, and they'll say that the first time they they even heard of our church or came to our campus was because of those lights. And so there there's a there's um a lot of fruitfulness, a lot of purpose in that ministry. And so to be in a position where suddenly oh you're wondering how is this going to happen was a pretty, was a really big deal. It, there was a lot of, you know, way to it. It wasn't just a matter of, oh, Christmas won't look as nice this year, you know. That's right. So what did you do then as you were kind of looking at this
1: really significant need? Well, of course, you, you have your eyes open, but uh, there's not much you can do because, first of all, Lights done poorly. Nothing's worse than lights done poorly. Mm. <laughs> so you have to have somebody that's meticulous. Mm. So that's one problem. And the other is you have to have somebody that actually likes to put Christmas lights up. Yeah. <laughs> and, and there's very few men or women that like to do that. So mm. so really, the answer to your question simply is I didn't. I didn't do much. Mm. I was languishing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so I. I mean, this was uh, something that I, I assumed that you were just praying about and puzzling through and and was it looking pretty like i see no solution to this kind of thing you know it was I mean, pretty
1: much that yeah. and jeff jeff frolander died in 2011 and uh so i didn't know what i was going to do and christmas season began to roll around around yeah it was time to put up lights, so I started putting up lights and Wait, what got, time of, was this like October maybe October or? It would okay. have been. yeah, putting okay. up lights and and uh, I announced in church hey we need we need help with lights, and we made that announcement like we we often do mm-hmm. and uh, so one one Saturday, I think it was a Saturday, I was out there working on lights and a couple of other volunteers there, and I noticed this guy i didn 't know out working on lights, hmm. stringing up lights in the entryway and uh, I noticed he had a Florida State Seminoles hat on, and uh, he was doing a tree. We talked quite a bit, and I thought, this, this guy seems like he's going to be a good worker. And uh, so, so he, after a while, he asked me, uh, how, how does it look, this tree? Now, Florida State, I knew that they had lost <laughs> a chance at a national championship three years ago by missing a kick. Oh. And it was always wide right, right?
2: Always wide right. <laughs> wide right.
1: So Jeff said, how does this tree look? And I go, looks a little wide right.
2: <laughs> I should have left them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I, I could see from his reaction, he, he just said, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I could see that, okay, he gets sarcasm and humor. We're going to do fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so... um I want to come back to you, Jeff. Sure. Uh, as I understand, around this time, you were giving Red Mountain a try, um, and you had heard maybe through one of those announcements that Bob needed help with the lights. Is that right?
2: Yeah, I, I did. But to, to take a, a step back, the, when, I, when I met with Jeff Rolander, it was in 2006. Okay. And then uh, my wife and I, Karen, we had Chase in 2008. Okay. I we hadn't gone to church in that time. At, in okay. that time, gotcha. And I remembered what my dad had said. Hmm. You know that uh, he really wishes that he, you know, he would have, if he could have a do-over, he'd really like us to know and, and, and follow the Lord. Hmm. And I will be the first to admit I'm I'm naive to the amazing services, children's care, and, and services that's at the church. Hmm. So my wife and I discussed. Hey, when Chase is old enough to attend and, and sit through a movie. He can go to church. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, this was two, this was 2011, and I think we went and saw cars too. And it was a Saturday before Easter. Oh, okay. Sunday morning, we were at church. Oh, wow. Okay. And you know, we attended each and every week. Okay. And then Bob made that announcement in October. So, gotcha. So, you know, he started I, out sitting in the back. Yeah, I, I did. I sat in the back. <laughs> Slowly moved up front, but I just remember Jeff. Five years ago, mm. you know, I mean, five years, you know, earlier, yeah. I remember this gentleman who approached me in a, in a Home Depot, came to my house and just had a great conversation throughout the day, yeah. and I remembered, and, and so when Karen and I sat down and said, well, what church are we going to attend? We have a neighbor across the street who's Methodist, and there's a Red Mountain Methodist church there, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and I had said, you know, I there was a gentleman by the name of Jeff, I told you about him five years ago, she goes, yeah, I said, I would like to go to Red Mountain. Mm. And we showed up that, that Easter morning. Okay. And then Bob made that announcement in October. And uh, I showed up, and, of course, I wide-rided the, uh, the, the, the tree there. And then um, I, I, was, I, I, I don't have that much of a flexible schedule, but I was able to work some, some Fridays, take Fridays off. A lot of times on the Fridays, it's just Bob and I. Okay. And we're doing the work that's not pretty. Yeah. Digging the trenches, burying the cords. Oh, man, it's, man. It, We call it the Aleve days, the Advil days. Oh. <laughs> because, you know, you're, you're taking a couple of leaves, Advils afterwards. Yeah. But he and I would always have lunch. And uh, I, I, I talked to Bob, and I, and I was telling him a story about Jeff. Mm. I said, you know, I, you know, this is the gentleman. I don't remember his last name, but I described him everything. About, I know who you're talking about. And I said, well, you know, I would love to meet him. And that's when I found out that he had passed away.
1: Huh. And and but this, this time I'm freaking out because I'm realizing what the Lord's doing. And he sent me a Jeff. Yeah. Just another Jeff. Wow. And I'm realizing that how many years it took for all that to unfold. And it was just, it was a, such a, a blessing in the deepest way just to know God was orchestrating all that. Yeah. I mean, a long time before Jeff knew he was sick.
0: Yeah. So. Wow. Um, yeah. So now, how many years, Jeff, have you been uh, helping
2: with the lights? Since 2011.
0: Okay. And why, why do you come back and do it again every year? You know, we always it. ask that. Yeah, we do. <laughs> you know.
2: um, a- again, the first, the o- October's painful, you know, October's <laughs> pain, but then you start seeing the fruits. And then when you, I- I'm out here as much as I can. I travel for work, so I'm, I'm, uh, I probably travel about 30 weeks a year. Okay. You know, not four weeks, but uh, then when we, you know, we flip the switch Um, just to see everybody. Mm. I remember Bob that one time when it was, uh, it it was special to me because, you know, one of the things I do in my somewhat spare time and also for work is I'm, I'm involved in disabled power soccer. Oh, you know, they're in wheelchairs and they play soccer. And and remember when the, remember when that bus came by with all the disabled with, you know, that was a special moment. Oh, wow. That makes, all the pain goes away, Mm. you know, and, you know. And uh, right. and to, to listen to the stories that Bob has told me throughout the years of all the, what you had mentioned, all the people that have come to church because of the lights. Yeah. Yeah. How can you not do lights?
0: Yeah. yeah. That's really something. Now, what does... Um, you guys have mentioned digging trenches and stuff. Like, tell me a little bit, Jeff, about like, the preparation that, uh, uh, that is involved with it, like phases, either a zoomed out view or a zoomed in view, whatever you want to share about the, the preparation to make all this happen.
2: Well, how many trees do we have on campus, Bob? Minus the six we lost this year. <laughs> you lost like trees 100. like you
0: misplaced them?
2: <laughs> yeah. 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 We didn't put them away and somebody grabbed them. Did
0: they just go bad? We had to cut them down or something? I didn't even notice. <laughs> no, that we... The
1: wind. The wind.
2: Oh, okay. Okay.
1: Sorry, I didn't mean to so, derail. No,
2: that's okay. <laughs> how many how many trees do we have on
1: campus? I think there's one hundred and fifty on the total campus. We don't do the east lot, so it's minus thirty. It's a lot. It's a lot of trees. So let's say there's
2: about a hundred trees. Well, okay. these trees, every one of them have lights. Every one of them have clusters or icicles, so they need to be powered. Oh wow! Well, yeah. So we're running extension cords, and we want to hide the extension cords we run an extension cords from the power source all the way up the tree. Mm. I became a rancher. I did not realize that, you know, Bob's history was he was a rancher and we use a lot of the uh, the fencing wire. Yeah. I, I am a rancher now. I can fence <laughs> with the best of them. You know, cuz we're, you know, the 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 uh, extension cords go all the way up the tree so we can do the clusters and so we're getting in the ladders and the lifts and I got to tell you this one story. Bob Bob didn't. You know what I'm going to tell, don't you? <laughs> Bob didn't realize that I'm afraid of heights. Oh, or I was, um, and we were on the. We went a once. Uh, once a season, we went one of the larger lifts, sixty foot, sixty yeah. foot lifts, because oh boy. it's for two reasons. We get the um, well, we get the cross, and then the eucalyptus tree that's out there uh, for Virginia. Okay, that eucalyptus tree's tall. <laughs> and he says, Well Jeff, let's let's go up there and you know I'm like, Okay, sure, I'm not gonna tell him no. <laughs> Thought it'd be a cruel joke if you know, if I die on church campus doing lights. <laughs> and, and so uh, we're we're up there, we're up there and I'm I'm kneeling down, there's a cage and he goes, You okay? I'm like, Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. And so we you know, we we and hang the cluster. Won. Oh the oh, winds. The wind's blowing. <laughs> oh and, no. And and we're up there and we, we completed the the, the task. And we're coming down, and as we're coming down, I'm I'm mumbling, you know, I'm going. He's praying. Well, (laughs) no, I'm I'm. There's these benchmarks of, uh, you know, broken back, broken knee. Okay. As we're coming down, as we're, you know, and then when we got to, okay, I could survive this one. I'm good. And Bob said, what are you doing? I'm said, there's benchmarks. You know, there's, remember that? Yeah, there's, I remember. there's benchmarks. And right now we're just in sprained ankle mode. So I'm okay. Oh, man. I felt
1: horrible when I realized that. It's a pretty common thing guys don't like Heights. Oh yeah. And now I ask that all the time. You Are didn't you feel
2: that horrible. I was in a, no. lift, fri- I was in a lift Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten over it for the most part. No. So Bob, what
0: kinds of, I mean, aside from that horror story, um, what kinds of work needs to be done each year that maybe the average person wouldn't suspect or realize needs to be done to make all that happen?
1: Yeah. It's a, it's a, there's always a list of things that you carry from the previous season. Where, that involves the light fixtures themselves where you have to make so many of this color or whatever. But then there's also the thing of uh, that tree grew bigger. We need more lights on it. We need to tunnel under the sidewalk and take, huh. take power to it. Wow. So Jeff's helped me with all that. We've, we've done all kinds of things. We try to get that work all done by like May. So, we're yeah. not out there in the heat.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah, so, right. I yeah. thought October. No, not October for well, this
2: stuff? Well, October's when the, when the lights start, but we're doing a lot of the off season running power. Wow, I thought
0: know. that was the off season in October. <laughs> you guys, I didn't know you're doing that's stuff the, out there in the summer.
2: That's yeah, the start, October. Usually we're
1: done by summer, but, but yeah. there's always something usually yeah. Yeah. that we're doing in the. Wow. Yeah, January, February, March, April. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. wow. It's a It's a monster. Yeah, uh, in that sense, I'm but beginning to again, appreciate again from a from an image point of view, it's non-threatening. People will come on the campus. That's yeah, a good point. And and if you give them, you know, people are so busy and they're so harried and so rushed. If you can give them a point of ser- serenity or yeah, or just sanity, yeah, uh, something that slows them down and they think about now, now what really matters here? What, yeah, why that's just a great gift a church can give to a community. Yeah, so
0: yeah. If if somebody who's listening to this and, and uh, is kind of thinking, well, you know, this is a really great ministry. I'd like to help. You know, keep it going. And uh, what sh- what should they do, Bob, to get involved?
1: Um, I would say just start volunteering. And uh, I would say it's best to to give what time you can, not. Not go over your head and say, I'm going to be down there every time they're working on lights. But to give what time you can. Just see, see if this is something that ministers to you as you do it and as you experience the moment. Uh, you know, we always need volunteers just to do work for a day. But, but, I mean, that's really one of the things we need is people that kind of have a heart for the vision of it. Mm. And realize that uh, it is a gift to the community. Yeah. And uh it says something really good about Christ and the church whenever you say something good about the church, you say something good about the lord mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that 's the way p r works so uh that 's what I would say and there's there's if they don 't have time to come out and work, they can always buy lights and bring them to us mm,
0: yeah uh, you're probably going through them oh, like yeah. every year they 're burning out
1: and yeah. Stu- yeah and since the push for l e d is you know we have to convert we 're converting everything over, and we always need. Uh, green string in the colors of red, red lights, uh, green lights, and warm white. Warm white. Warm white, not cool white. Not cool, cool white. white is not cool. Not cool. <laughs> and That's uh, so all they got are remember. So warm, warm white, green, and red on green strings. That's important because the color of the bush is green. Okay. And you want yes. You don't want a white string. Sure. Yep. That makes sense.
0: Well, great ministry and what a cool story. Um, to hear from you guys. So Jeff and Bob, thank you so much for taking time to share this.
1: Absolutely. You bet.
0: I'm trying to think of something to say other than that was a really interesting story, because I say that every time. <laughs> um, or that was a great conversation that's that's okay so I so this time I could say so that so that's what I'm so yeah so that's what I'm saying Bob that was a very interesting story (laughs) but I do as a little aside here and I wish that Arian was here I thought Arian was going to be here but Arian Rossi is basically a a producer for this podcast um, and so I was going to confront her and say okay Arian is this episode or is it not a stealth recruitment tool for getting people to help out with the lights we're issuing propaganda here on the Living Stones podcast. Good too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I hope you're recording right now. Are you recording, okay. Austin? Okay, good. All right, I, you're, good. You're talking more freely than usual. I was like, I, I, okay, all right, good. Uh, all right. So, Bob, you were like. Um, uh, like a major part of this story, which is unusual for a co-host, you know, on Living Stones. Um, so you know this story really well, but I'm curious if there was anything that stood out as uh, memorable in our time talking with Jeff this, uh, today.
1: Well, it, it's uh, what was emphasized to me in his story is the multiple pieces God provided mm. for for a family to come to Red Mountain, but more importantly to him. Mm. Uh, you know the comments his dad made to him. Yeah. There, there aren't many fathers that would say that at that level. Yeah. And so that was that was a kind of a miraculous little thing. And then then the whole story of Jeff Frolander's chance meeting at Home Depot with him. What are the odds? So there were a number of pieces that that God does, and to me that transcends all the propaganda about the life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, that's a great ministry, but I mean. Here we have, here we have something that's far bigger than that. Oh yeah. The, the light God is bringing to people. You yeah. Know, it's, it's, amazing.
0: Yeah. And the time, also the time over which things unfolded, yeah. you know, yeah. um, that, uh, that like you, you, and I think that's often you know the way we will kind of notice eventually at least a little slice of what God is doing is it takes a lot of time to look back and say oh man he was orchestrating this back these many years ago and then that lined up with this and stuff like that and and of course there's so many things that we'll never know this side of eternity you know that God is doing but it's really encouraging when we do get a glimpse of something you know right now that God is doing and so this is a really um, really cool example of that. Um, Right, we're about done. You've been a great co-host, very um, anything but rude. You've been very uh, well-mannered and... <laughs> Give me a few minutes. Well-mannered <laughs> and uh, poll segment at rmchurch.org slash podcast is where you can get the poll question every month. Uh, this month it was, uh, what is your favorite part of food truck frenzy? Is it the food... Or the frenzy, meaning the activities. 59% voted food, 41% voted frenzy. One person commented both. Bob, do you have uh, any thoughts on food or frenzy?
1: I think frenzy. I'd have to say frenzy. Yeah. Why is that? I don't need food. You have, you have like surpassed your need for food. (laughs) No, that is amazing. No, I'm far from that. I (laughs) I just take in too much. So, yeah, Yeah. I'd say the frenzy. I enjoy it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's really like, uh, I don't know if I don't know if it's built up over the years. It I am always surprised at how big it is and all the like the inflatables and the stuff yeah. going stuff going on. I don't know that they add much every year, but it always seems like they have, because yeah. when you get there it's just like, oh my gosh, you know, and
1: And uh, everybody together in yeah, a location. Oh yeah. You know, a church mul- multiple services. Here you see everybody together and other people just visiting and that's just a great frenzy in yeah. my mind. Yeah. No names, you don't know names. Yeah. You know, it's just a great frenzy. Yeah.
0: Well, and you get a chance, too, to, like, connect with somebody that you yes. know, but, you know, for whatever reason, maybe you've, you're you going to different services or one of you is attending a class that now that the other one isn't for, a, you know, a number of weeks. And so you just get a chance to see some familiar faces and have a point of connection, maybe a good conversation. Um, and kettle corn. That's...
1: Yes, that's, kettle corn is a big deal.
0: That's my big thing, because... <laughs> Fry's grocery store stopped carrying the kettle corn that I like, which is like really bad for you. I think it has like all the MSGs or whatever you're not supposed to put in food. Uh, It's wonderful, but they don't have it anymore. And so now I wait every year for for, uh, Food Chuck Frenzy so I can get my bag of kettle corn, which by the time this goes up, you have missed your chance at food and frenzy and kettle corn. And so you will just have to pine Longing for Food Truck Frenzy to come around next year. But for now, that's it. For this episode of Living Stones, you can follow Red Mountain Community Church at MyRedMTN on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also go online to rmcchurchorg slash podcast to submit responses to our poll questions and leave questions for the guests featured on the next show. On our next episode, we'll be talking with Anne Lane. Anne is a missionary we support in Uganda, so she's going to share how God uh, seems to be using her there to bring light and hope and, and healing to ministry leaders and pastors and students and young adults so that'll be something uh, cool to look forward to you can go online to rmcchurchorg podcast to submit your question for Ann and you may just hear it read on the next episode I always forget to prep the pastors for this, the new ones let's see if, if he knows what to do in the meantime, I'm Peter Franson I'm Bob Fox hey, good job Bob, that was really good, thanks for listening and we'll see you on Sunday